Hello everybody, welcome to episode 3 of Tango Uncorked. I am Adam Hoopengardner, your host. I do not know why every time I say that my last name I give it an inflection on Hoopengardner. It's not how I normally say it. I usually just say Hoopengardner. Um, if you can hear stomping in the background, it's because I have a neighbor upstairs that's loud. So I'm going to try to get through this intro quickly so there's not too much uh, annoyance. Maybe I'll go outside and get away from it. What were you doing in 1969? Were you even alive yet? Were you? Were you in New York? Were you in L.A.? Were you moving from L.A. to New York? My guest today was. She moved to New York City in 1969. Um, because of that move, that's probably the main reason we have a community in New York City. At least the community as we have it today. There's no doubt about that. Because she helped found this community in the early 90s with some wild and zany and interesting events. Things that we're still trying to do today in our own ways, creatively. Um, and she's got some interesting stories to share with us. Who is this person I'm talking about? I don't know. You'll have to wait and find out. No, you won't because you probably read the, the show description and you saw her name is Lucille. Lucille Krasna. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm going to be honest with you. Until yesterday, I thought it ended with an R. I used to call her Lucille Krasner. Um, but she can inform me on that later. So 1969, she moved to New York. Uh, as as most of us, I didn't move here for that reason, but a lot of us make moves for relationships. We didn't actually get into that story today on the show, but she did tell me about it on another time, at another time. Yeah, so Lucille is uh, responsible for Central Park Tango. She's responsible for the New York Tango Festival that no longer exists. Um, she's responsible for some interesting events that have happened in the past. She's responsible for, I think, Brigitte Winkler coming so often because, um, well, she'll tell you the story later. Uh, she had an impact on Brigitte being here. Um, and it's very interesting. I also heard a rumor that she used to date Frank Zappa. We didn't talk about that either. In fact, now that I'm sitting here realizing uh, we missed a lot, so we're going to have to sit down again and talk. Today's show, we didn't talk a lot. She spoke a lot, and I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm saying that because she had a lot to say. Um, so I chimed in here and there, but really it's just a lot of her giving us the background and her history in the community. And that was sort of what gave me the idea to start this podcast in the first place because a couple years ago I went to Lucille's Milonga which is called Esmeralda's. I originally thought her name was Esmeralda and we bumped into each other as one does and she told me some history and um, I thought wow there's so much history this woman knows and has and has participated in and created and um, I thought maybe in the future I'll sit down with her again and write it down and record it and just have it as my own personal uh, tango treasure box and um, then sometime later I read a book and I'm going to talk about this on another show but I read a book that came out about a year ago um, by Megan Flaherty that's a name I do know how to say called The Tango Lessons and it was a really interesting I really liked her story and I liked I also liked her candidness and her openness with sharing it because that's very scary I think so I decided, well, let's take these stories and get them out there. So that's kind of the evolution of how this podcast started. And then there was months and months of not doing anything or telling myself I shouldn't do it or giving myself excuses why I shouldn't do it. Um, but I, now you can see I've gone ahead and moved forward with that. So 1969, 
Uh, my mother was nine, ten. My father was nineteen. Um, speaking of them, I went home this past weekend to Cleveland and surprised everyone. I didn't tell them this time, and that was kind of fun. It was hard to keep the secret because I spoke with my mom a few weeks ago, and she expressed how she was going to be not seeing me till July and how far July is and da 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 da. And I kind of wanted to be like, actually, I'll be home in two weeks, but then I would have ruined that surprise element, so I decided not to. Um, I also want to say thank you for listening. Some of you have come, I've seen some of you this past week. Some of you have written me, um, just saying you enjoy the show, and I appreciate that. If you're what, if you're listening on um, Apple, iPod, Tunes, whatever the fuck it is, please subscribe and like it, and maybe even write a review. I don't care. Um, or if you're on another platform, you know, subscribe, like it. Uh, and if you are following you'll notice i've been opening i've been coming out on fridays but i'm going to change that real quick because i prefer not to have to do this the day after tango cafe i tend to stay late i tend to drink late and i tend to wake up thursday pretty groggy so and today's thursday so what i'm going to do is release starting uh next week on tuesdays so there'll only be a few days of a gap between now and then also i want to apologize because i lied to you all i said last week that i was going to interview alexis Rosen after Tango Cafe last night, but I did not do that yet. I will do it soon. However, tomorrow I'm going to sit down with Dr. Mike, the de- uh, the dentist with the dragon tattoo, and uh, we're going to have a show, and then I'll release that Tuesday. So I'm rambling, rambling, rambling. I hope you're all having a great week. Uh, here we go with Lucille, and I hope you enjoy the interview. <laughs> Take me back to 1997. Okay. Uh, 1997 seems to be uh, the year that I started the Halloween parade. Maybe it was 96. Anyway, in, let me just say that I'll be saying Tango Argentino on Broadway. Tango Argentino is a show that was on Broadway in the 80s. Yes, 1885, 1985. <laughs> it's been a long time. Lucille, I knew you were hope there, but Jesus. <laughs> 1985, 86. I went to uh, 1985 and 86 because I went to a show before the new year and after the new year with two friends who were very, they themselves, they were both very good dancers, but they weren't caught up the way I was. You know, I couldn't understand it because they liked to dance, and we had gone to, you know, dancing together, but they didn't. I went nuts and stayed. So you saw it, went nuts, but you also did. I went nuts, totally nuts. Did you nuts. say you did ballroom or something? No, no. I was never. Hustle something. You did no, something. No, hardly ever did anything, but I, I could do these dances. Okay. <laughs> but it wasn't like, I went, you know, like so many people in tango come from ballroom, come from ballet, come from this, come from whatever. I did not come from any of those places. I came the way a lot of people came because terrible things had happened in life and they had to do something about it. Got a free, you know, we used to have these free booklets on the street. I don't remember what they were called, newspapers. And they would have all kinds of offers Mm. from studios. 
and Sandra Cameron had a special offer. I said, aha, the price is right, it's free. So I went the first one and then I signed up for the ballroom class and I realized I knew all that stuff and wasted my money. And I was there on a Thursday night and I heard this extraordinary music. This is after Tango Argentina. Yes. And I said, oh my God. And then I saw a video. I said, oh my God, that's, that's it. That's the show. This is now um, 86 to 94. So I discovered it. Eight years later. Eight years later. You told me before you went to see this show on Broadway twice, correct? Yes. 85, 86. And then, of course, the next show I went to several times, Forever Tango, and then we had Tango Por Dos, and uh, times two, whatever, and then we, you know, so I just went to all those shows getting, uh, you know, incredibly exhilarated. So I, I, I dived in, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you said you went to Sandra Cameron, that's where you did Tango? No, that was where that's you did where, Ballroom. That, well, I took a ballroom class right. there, and I thought, Jesus, I know all this stuff, what am right. I doing here? You know, I could do all this, I had done it in my past, you know, my youth or whatever, in school, whatever, and it was just, you know, boring as hell, because the class wasn't up to my standards, <laughs> even though I was, I was beyond beginner, didn't know it, and so anyway, so I saw this, I said, oh my lord, this is my dance, this is it, you know, and, and I saw that on a Thursday night, I remember the first dancers, first women I looked at, and if you looked at them today, they still knew, knew what they were doing, mine is Anna Boney, who's now in New Zealand, and uh, the other person I watched was Rini Reese, who's not around much anymore, and uh, Candy Corman, who just goes to certain things. And if I saw them today, I feel the same way, that they were beautiful dancers, beautiful, beautiful salon dancers. And I was enchanted. I used to watch these people at Danella Maria's and at Sandra Cameron, and I thought, God, these are beautiful, you know. So Dana, I, uh, Sandra Cameron's a dance studio. I'm going to like inform people what we're oh, yes, talking yes. about. Oh, yes, yes. She and, retired a couple of years ago. And Danella and Maria were teachers there. Teachers there, and they also taught independently. They had something going on in Mount Washington, I believe. Hmm. So they were teaching different places, maybe in other studios, not prominent tango studios, because actually at that time, there though... Were, there weren't any. Well, th yes, because Dance Manhattan was going uh, full speed ahead with a larger program than any place. And that we only had at that time Dance Sport, Dance, Man Dance Manhattan, and Stepping Out, and Sandra Cameron. And Sandra had very wonderful milongas, weekly milongas after a time. Or maybe at that time. Uh, no, she moved then to different places. You know, she was going to larger spaces, and then she went back to, you know, years later to her original space and then gave it all up. For uh, you know a, a kind of a nice retirement, but uh, I was enchanted with these dancers. When I think about those women that are not terribly visible now, but they were a very beautiful salon dancers, elegant, simple, beautiful dancers. So I was I was knocked out by the. They were doing a video. They were showing the video of uh, Tango Argentino. I said, there, 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 they are. You know, because what happened is, no one knew that you could even do this dance. It was not something that you knew you could even study or take, or there was no such thing. Like a social as, culture for it. There was nothing. There was nothing. This was this was these were angels. These were people mm -hmm. sent from heaven, and we could, of course, not even begin to do whatever they're doing. Right. And uh, someone I know in Los Angeles wrote an extraordinary short uh, story about her search for a way to find somebody that she could study this dance with when she saw it. Um, her name is Evie Babbitts, and she wrote a, a collection of stories called this, the I think the Black Swan, uh, 
And there's a tale in there, which is everybody's story, the search for how in the world at that time you could learn this dance when you thought there might be a chance to do that. And her story is fascinating. A sad story, Adenda. She's become a very famous writer. And I knew her family, I knew her. And this is somebody on the West Coast? Yeah, her name is Evie Babbitt. She's a well-known writer in L.A. She's like one of the top famous iconic characters of the of the uh, sort of the Hollywoodian world and her book is wonder wonderful but the thing is uh, her story after that is that in trying to find this she did find uh, a professor she did find maestro trying to think of his name very prominent on the west coast and his son I think was also prominent I can't remember his name right now but they are very important Argentinians and um, she uh, she was going to a milonga. They were actually milongas at the, a little bit later on. She was going to milongas, and she bought a lot of stuff in thrift shops. And she was smoking a cigarillo. It uh, ignited her inflammable dress that she bought for the milonga. Went up in flames, and she ended up in the hospital for maybe six months and well, years of therapy. So she was driving. Therapy. She was driving to a milonga in this new dress that she'd bought or, <coughs> from a uh, thrift shop. Thrift shop because she. Haunted the thrift shop. She was she got a marvelous way out character. Anyway, so she ended up with very badly burnt legs, and her face was okay, her arms, but her, I think her her body was just, uh, you know, suffered terribly. And she was she had rehab for I don't know how long. That was just you know, out of her bizarre, you know, it was a bizarre set of circumstances. You know, love of tango producing by accident this this thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but her story that she writes of her search is like many of our search. It, it, it was it was every, everybody's story in a way, falling madly in love with this dance, this insanity. You know, the first year I had to go to the first festival I heard about. It's the only one I ever ever went to, besides my the one that I created later on here. But it was which festival is this? The first one. Uh, it was the one that I'd gone to. The first one. There were ones before that at I think Palo Alto or someplace, but the one I went to was organized by I forget the name. Oh, I have material by her, too. She's still down there. Uh, she was... What like, time period is this? Uh, the, when I went, I think it was 1995. Mm-hmm. 95. I have to get my T-shirt out for this to see what the date is, <laughs> 95 or 96, shortly after I started, because I realized if I didn't go to the this beautiful thing that I heard about, I'd have to die. I mean... Life does not go on if you can't get to this incredible event, you know, and it was an incredible event um, because it was the, uh, you know, uh, Milena Plebs, uh, uh, Miguel Soto, um, uh, Ayaveneda, I, I think I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, with his, uh, his longtime partner. I'm, I'm sorry that I don't have these names ready for you. Well, that's okay. <laughs> sorry, 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 it's a, sorry. It's a little while ago. Uh, yeah, I remember my first the I, the feeling of that first festival, or the first few. It's it's amazing. It's like a whole weekend of you know. Well, this was a week, I think. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, one wonderful friend um, uh, from New York, tango dancer, who's come back into the fold after uh, uh, doing wor- working for a bunch of years on the thing that he loved, which was he's in sport, the sports business, and then he's now in, I think, the world of. Uh, greening of America, hopefully. 
And uh, he was amazing because he said, do you mind at, at the end of the week, with a, your head is buzzing with these thousands of things that have happened. He said, do you mind if I try all the steps with you? And he went through every single bloody step. He'd learned in every, he had this phenomenal memory, <laughs> phenomenal memory. So that was kind of interesting. So actually, I think this was before I, all, I was then asked to start a milonga. And that uh, I was in, you know, I was at, I was encouraged because uh, someone by the uh, gentleman still in our 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 world and who's uh, still a very devoted tango person, Yonel Letelier, whom I had really not known, but he was giving up his milonga I never even heard of at Dance New York. Hmm. I didn't even know there was one there, and, uh, and Dance New York was a studio. Y- yeah, it was an amazing studio of the best sprung floor in New York City where all the international stars of international uh, ballroom competitions worked out in. And uh, he was a member, uh, this gentleman was a member of this, he wasn't a member, but he, his friend was, and they invited me to please take over his milonga. And it was, oddly enough, when Isabel Sebastian and I did our very first tango contingent for the famous Greenwich Village Halloween parade. So, and Isabel Sebastian was somebody in the community? She's back here in the city now. She's, oh, she's quite extraordinary. Her husband, she's now divorced, but her husband, Bob Telson, he became, or was, uh, even then, a very famous or well-known in the uh, world of musical theater. He was a composer, and uh, she was Argentine, and uh, they uh, were my orchestra, along with... um, um, uh, we had a, we had a guitarist and a bandonian player that she had actually sponsored, I think. Yep, bring here. He, he's no longer around. But um, so I had the, the orchestra. That was my orchestra, Dance New York. And she was uh, crazy about the place because she said it was very like Argentina. And so I had a dance on three Friday nights, at which time the only other thing going, which became very, very important, highly competitive uh uh, organizer, Danny Carpy started uh, the. Uh, Friday night also. He started the uh, very wonderful Bella Pock. So you're saying that was the only other thing going on Friday, not the only other thing. Throughout no, the, no week. the other thing yeah. going on Friday. But, and, and at this time, how big is the community roughly? You think? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, how many people would you say would come to your? Well, I had like about 70, 80 people at that time, which was probably very enormous. Good. Yeah, and he yeah. had the same. At least, okay. the thing I did is because I was very loyal to my first one of my first teachers, Fabienne Bongar, who's now in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was very, very loyal to her, and she was doing one on a, a one night at Dance Manhattan, and I wouldn't go against her. Right. So it really, <laughs> it did not help my my loyalty to my friend did not help my my milonga. The, but anyway, as I started <laughs> this milonga. And I had a, a few guys that were supporting me and kind of doing the DJing and helping me in every which way. And, uh, but, but after I started, it was so much work to do. You don't have Facebook. You don't have all this stuff. You, know, you don't have options. You don't have the Internet. So it's like killing. You, know, you have to be every place. And it's paper, fly- you know, paper flyers are coming back, though. Oh, yeah. Because nobody's checking Facebook anymore. Oh, that's so interesting. It's really true. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I get 100 updates a day, and I don't look at any of them because there's too many now. But if somebody hands you a piece of paper now, you're going to... Oh, I just it. go delete, 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 yeah. delete. And what I'm getting is like 50 or 60 political things and maybe 10 tango things. Because now you're not... You're doing more community organizing. Yeah, because I'm more interested in the rest of the issues of, that are besetting us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... I was in love. I'm still in love, but I'm not in a position to do a lot right now because of this bicycle hit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it you know, I can't really. Um, I mean, if 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 I uh, make some money with my things and I get money and I get my ability to use my sacrum properly, <laughs> then I go back and take some private lessons from people I had, I think are wonderful because we had such the, wonderful people in the what community. What was the name of the milonga you had on Fridays? Mine was called uh, Esmeralda's Irregular. Okay, so where where did song. the name Esmeralda's come from? You well, it did, actually came from a gentleman in our community by the name of Joe uh, uh, Fish, who wrote a very funny article, which was not printed actually, but he sent me a copy, and I thought it was terribly amusing. And there's woman in this in this his story by the name of Esmeralda, and I cannot think of her her last name at the moment, but she was a fictitious character who, when she danced kept her eyes slightly open to see that there was no hanky-panky going on. And, <laughs> and it was just a very funny th- thing about, you know, you dance with your eyes closed so much, uh-huh. and this woman being wary of what, and I just thought it was a very amusing idea. I said, Esmer- Lucille is such a boring name. It'll be Esmeralda. So Esmeralda was really a fictitious character that wasn't even me. She was just this figure that was the symbol of the... Uh, but I realized, you know, I got on a, uh, a bus to go to some demonstration and some guy's screaming, Esmeralda, Esmeralda, on this bus of political people, you know, because he didn't know my real name, you know. Yeah, well, i got to tell you, when I think I first heard of you, I thought your name was Esmeralda. Yeah, everybody did. I didn't realize what trouble I was getting, <laughs> I was causing, you know, and I'd say, no, I, no, that's just this character that's behind this this thing. But then I thought Esmeralda was a kind of wonderful name. Mm-hmm. So, How long did that Friday thing last? The Friday be longer. It uh, lasted until. Um, and you started that in '97. Maybe '98, '90. Yeah, probably '97 because then I moved to dance. I I uh, stopped that because it, their rent was going up terribly at Dance New York. By the way, the building is completely demolished, and all the wonderful studio spaces are dem- demolished, and it's demolished. It's a total. Where was big, it? What part of it? It was on fifty. Uh, 50- Fourth between seventh and eighth, across from Iguana is that fifty fourth? I think so, and that's why this says, "I'd rather be it, it, it down from uh, from." Can you see this? Oh, I see. So the T-shirt is. Uh, it was uh, Diamond uh, Legs Diamond was down the street mm-hmm. with his uh, you know, all these circulars, and I picked up one, and that's why she's saying I'd rather be dancing tango than you know it's. Right. Then hanging out at Legs Diamond and doing the stupid <laughs> stuff we have to do there, I want to do dancing at Esmeralda's Irregular. So that lasted until we couldn't, the rent got up ferociously. First of all, I tried to resign my post. These guys had all set this up, and I was very happy for all the help, and we had this big crowd, and I announced to them that I had told these, my, my, my supporters, my crew, um, that I could not go on anymore. It was just too much work. And so I said, I'm going to resign this post the next Milonga. And uh, uh, Gerald Wagner, one of my sidekicks, who was always helping me, like I said, he told me once we were in the elevators going down from a Sandra Cameron, we had a bunch of people in the elevator, and he said, 
put your hand over Lucille's mouth because every time she has an idea, it costs me time and money. Because <laughs> he's the one who did this. He did the calendar. Yeah, and he suggested. and he and his friend uh, schlepped the uh, boomboxes to Central Park for the dance that I started there. You know, for the out, outdoor milonga. So are you talking about Saturdays? Yeah, Saturday afternoon. The one that's still happening. Yeah, you started mm-hmm. there. Yeah. What year is that? Um, I mean, ninety. Maybe 95, something like that. And how did that morph into being run by other people? Well, because uh, we were really thrown out, eventually, of the, of the Bethesda area because we, it was illegal to be there. But we were so beautiful, and people loved us so much. But the, but the world drummers got kicked out of um, their space, mm-hmm. and it became, I guess, a, maybe a skating space or something. So they moved into this forbidden area, and it upset the apple cart because the drumming is a natural amplifier. Right, right. So we could not compete. We kept moving further. We lost our beautiful shady spot. We moved over into the sunny spot. And we were in the evening sun. Of course, it was just gorgeous. We were just ecstatic. People loved us. I mean, it was so beautiful. The wind, our music wafting oh, through yeah, wafting through the lake. You know, I mean, people were, were nuts for you us. You hear the music just from a distance. It's oh, yeah, it was just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. And this evening and came you on. you actually see people dancing to it. It's, it was <laughs> like, un- it was unbelievably beautiful mm-hmm. until we were told we couldn't be there anymore. I think, was that before, I guess that was, was that before I did the event that was illegal? The hit and run. Yeah, that was run. 90, that was the hit, well, I was doing hit and run. And then I guess I'm trying to think. My but my major hit and run was to hit Central Park, Bethesda Fountain, ninety-seven, and do this amazing thing that it really was beautiful, because um, uh, I used uh, the ruse of uh, Brigida had just come to town. It was her first trip here, and I rigged up this fake goodbye party and a dinner party, which turned out to be a tango dancer who lived in her aunt's apartment at, at, at 57th and 5th. What more could you ask for? Mm-hmm. And I said, would you do this? And I hooked it up with the, uh, the uh, bicycle, the tricycles, the, um, the petty, you know, the petty cab outfit. And I asked him, I said, could we have somebody theatrical? And the woman who answered the phone said, I'm very theatrical. I'm in theater. And she says, I'll wear a top hat. <laughs> so you I used, had a petty cab driver. Stop at that corner, uh-huh. and then the setup was the tango dancer in on 57th Fifth is to bring Brigida down and say we're going to go into the park because her favorite actors were going to be in there filming. At night. That was all made up. Her fa- whoever the mm-hmm. favorite actors were, we we set that up. And this is in the late at night. This is yeah, it's dark out. Dark. It's, it's September 27th. I tried. I tried to get people. You know. First of all, I decided I had to have people dancing in the fountain, dancing tango. It was 20, September 27th. It could have been freezing. So um, uh, somebody said, oh, uh, that they were going to get the polar bear club people to train some, some, so to, uh, train some polar bear people to dance in the water. But I found tango dancers that, you know, on a Saturday afternoon when, uh, during the milonga, I said, you know, do you know anybody that might want to dance? And this one, two women volunteered. Two men, right height, they were all tall, all lovely dancers. And I told them, man, you got to have uh, tuxedo jackets. <laughs> they said, oh, I have one, I have one. It was very funny. And then I said, women have got to have boas, feather boas, and long earrings. 
And uh, we had a wonderful designer at that time who was, uh, he, he designed so many, many famous uh, gardens in the city. And he was a tango dancer. And uh, he helped put around all the, we had uh, luminarios, like, you know, and we put uh, candles and bags. And, we, and Fabien Mungar gave us the idea of using kitty litter because we, we didn't have like little tea lights or anything like that. I don't know, it seemed to be very primitive, but we didn't, either we didn't know about them. But so we got many, many paper bags, put kitty litter, and we had about 100 uh, lights going down the stairs and around the fountain. The only thing we failed, or I failed to do, was to make sure we had some lighting. So we didn't, something fell, fell, fell apart with our lighting idea. So Gerald Wagner rushed to Broadway, bought a dozen flashlights, and we had a dozen flashlights on the two couples in the water. It was really very beautiful, you know. And then so I had... Brigitte is coming in. <clears throat> she doesn't know where she's going. She's on a pedicab. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she comes, and of course she's... She sees the candles thing. going down the stairs. Yeah. She hears the music. Yes, she notices something was strange. And you then know? there's people dancing. And all these people came. You know, uh, Daniel Trenner showed up by accident uh, with his partner at that time, an Argentine dancer whose name I can't recall, but someday I'll... Is there some way to fill in your program by afterwards with a list of I can figure something credits out. out for Lucille's <laughs> part of this thing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> would you like to? I could have this whole thing, you know, you read the credits. They, she was talking about so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. So anyway, it was really amazing. Everybody showed up, 100 people came, and thank God my friends, these guys went around collecting money because I would have lost $400 because I was paying the musicians, I was paying for the petty cab. Everybody was bringing food. We had silver trays, fake silver trays. We had, I had, um, the thing I liked most was that you can't have liquor in the park. Mm -hmm. So you know how bums always have bags. So I had little little paper bags with champagne glasses in, in them, <laughs> with little bows around that was our, so we wouldn't be illegal. Mm -hmm. It was funny. And how many uh, instruments in this band? Oh, that was uh, just, uh, we had uh, Bob Telson and, um, and Isabel, Isabel Sebastian with her, she has a glorious voice. She was, a, she was kind of a famous pop singer in Argentina before she got into full-time into tango, heavy duty into tango. And um, so we had uh, the two of them and we had a bandonian player but a, and a guitar player. So we had the four of them. And we had uh, all these people, um, Daniela showed up with Armando, and they were dancing, and we had all these amazing people just appear. Mm -hmm. We didn't had no idea who was going to come, right. and I said we have to have beautiful tables. And this guy who had a catering service said, told us how we. I said we got to have candelabras, so we had candelabras, and you, he told us how we could set uh, little lights on so that uh, the wind would. We put paper cups over these candles, uh, you know, the transparent paper cups or plastic, and it kept the wind, and we had these beautiful candles, candle, on these, these little candle elaborate, elaborate on these tables with all these beautiful, everybody brought the hors d'oeuvres, everybody brought wine, everybody brought hors d'oeuvres, wow. so it was just, and it was just very beautiful, and the story is there with, that Michael Pernhagen wrote in this wonderful La Posta del Tango, this amazing magazine, which lasted a couple of years, and that was, a, and this the, magazine started in, the, I mean, 96? There's an article in here from 92, but the magazine didn't exist then. That no, was, no, no, no. She was writing. She was maybe writing about it. Yeah, she was writing. She was, yeah, uh, right. it's an article. It's a wonderful story by Rebecca Shulman 
of her trip to a trip to Argentina and what the experience was of being in a milonga there. And so marvelously quaint, you know, for us because we've you know we've caught on after a while and we, everybody's been down a million times, so yeah. it's kind of known. But at that time, yeah. this is all amazing. Right. Like this article I found that I had that I was passing out at my own milonga to tell people I'm going to try something new. We're going to have tondas. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and explaining what a tanda was, you know, and how the music was done and so on, you know. Um, so this this was a massive success. When and every... that piece of paper, by the way, is from, I don't even know when, early 2000s. Because it even it says at the bottom, and our friend, guest DJ Robin Thomas, is going gonna, is gonna, to, well, where'd it go? Oh, is that so what I said at the, bottom? at the bottom? Yeah, Robin Thomas is going to be the one who's going to help us institute this. Song. Oh, that's interesting. So... That was 2001? Must have been. Wow. I, I mean, I'm guessing because he'd started around that time. Wow. And he was also figuring out. I yeah, mean, he first DJed. Yeah. Figuring out the. Yeah, Robin DJed for me, and I think that was in when we moved to dance, to Stepping Out, and Stepping Out moved to their new place in 2000 or 1999 or 2000. I went to. I moved from. Um, oh, after. Oh, I'll just tell you that I resigned my post. On Friday. Yes, but when they played, you picked a fine time to sing, to leave us Lucille, and everybody sang the chorus. By the time I got through with this extraordinary response, I didn't quit. <laughs> I'm still here today talking about this weird business, you know? So You the, just moved Esmeralda's from... I, Esmeralda just moved over to Stepping Out. a regular tango party. Cause I, no, I, yeah, I moved to Stepping Out because she was very happy to have me because they had kind of a comatose thing there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and uh, they were so excited with the liveliness. It was really fun, and you know, everybody had a really good time. And then they sold the place, or they bought the other place and moved down to the other... Now they're where they are. On 26, is it? Mm -hmm. And that was not good because they were not ready, and it was pretty difficult to have a milonga there at that time. So I sort of cleared out, I think. And then you moved to Sundays. And then I got this, you know, then a friend in Tango said, we f I found this wonderful place. Would you consider going there? And I went there with a friend, and we said, this is too odd. It's just too weird. Who would want to come here? Is that when it was on the Upper East? Then? Yeah, that was Session 73. And, of course, it turned out it was really a big success until very hot things came along that were indoors and outdoors. And then I was, I was in, like, Sheboygan or something. I was in a different world. I mean... After people could get to a place, you know, by subway, and they could park their cars, like, uh, you know, Ro and you know, Robin and uh, Co. So it was very different. Yeah, the sea and the seaport, for God's sakes, that was very, very, you know, hot. That was gorgeous, yeah, magnificent, was, you know, magnificent, nice. magnificent. And it was free. You can't breathe free. And so it was a, a rough road after that. <laughs> so, you know, but it was fantastic for seven years. I mean, it was a seven-year run, which is pretty good in this biz. Yeah. You know, it was fantastic because one woman said to me, um, "I said you've never come to my dance." She says, "I hear you've got the best men, best leaders there in town." I said, "Well, why don't you come and find out?" So she came, and I said, "What do you think?" She said, "Yeah, you got the best leaders in town." So I did have until these massive competitive things started, and it was really difficult. It was, you know, I was, I was just, I was already in a place that had too few parking spaces, and yeah. it was too weird, you know. And then now you mentioned that I didn't realize you were part of the first festival. I created Here. the first festival. Yeah, so you were more than a part. You were. Yeah, I, I was it. Who was the staff? I pulled. I, well, my staff. I pulled in Gayatri Martin. 
and ultimately turned it over to her. And then, but, I mean, who was the uh, teaching staff? Would you, would you oh, we, oh, I've got, I've got material here to give you. I'll just give you, and you can see all the people that were uh, on the. Oh, everybody from Karina Muller to uh, Jacques Harak. We had everybody. Oh, you did a lot of local it was everybody. Yeah, my idea was, uh, my idea was get people from all over to come and see how extraordinary we are in New York. Because by this time, I thought we were pretty damn extraordinary. Yeah. We had a lot of talent here, a lot of local, very good teachers going. And, uh, you know, we had uh, Rebecca, and we had Brigida, and we had, we had a ton of good people. Uh, Tioma was a, a brilliant early teacher here, you know. In fact, he was one of the first people I ever met in this community. He was just, um, that's, he, I met him at this amazing ball, ball that was given by this guy who owned this fancy, fancy place. And uh, so I met him there, and it was like, oh my God, he was like, he was hot then, you know, because the dancing level was not really extraordinary, you know, in, in what year was that? Probably still in the 90s, still pretty early, you know, yeah. still pretty early, probably more like, you know, 97, something like that. I find it interesting how tango's allowed for not just the dance itself, but it's allowed for other creative things like you know you create an event you have champagne glasses and bag I mean it's one creative thing links to another creative thing and also how 20 years later it's still happening with other people like um, I speak with several people you know here and there because I'm a part of the community and it's like they're just taking ideas that they didn't know you had 20 years ago and they're doing them over and over again yeah I thought it was so and it's kind of cool I mean I think it's great yes it sounds to me that the community and maybe it's because I'm looking at it through like a, a rear view mirror it sounds to me that the community in, at, in general back then just seemed overall more enthusiastic about what was going on maybe because Tango was just getting started in New York whereas now I think I mean I, I'm, I could be totally wrong maybe people just are just as enthusiastic now but I'm wondering if because things now are so much more established, people are less enthusiastic in a way. Because it's almost not so street anymore. Whereas in your time, in the 90s, everything seemed a lot more like get up. You have to do it on your own. Like the community took much more responsibility, it seems, to just do stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Well, it just seems to me an awful lot of richness now. I, you know, it's interesting to okay. hear you say that it's, it's, it's kind of going down. I don't but, think it's going down. I just think no, it's no, the dynamic diminish. Changing. Well, also diminishing in numbers of, of of experiences because of the difficulty of finding any space well, that they tolerate dancing. You know, now that they've gotten uh, with the help of, uh, you know, with some wonderful people and the dance parade people and uh, the wonderful guy that heads the dance parade, and. Uh, you know, all the people that work to stop, get rid of the cabaret yeah, laws. Right so I don't know how many restaurants now are available because they were giving out very few mm -hmm. permits. And I don't know where it's at, but uh, the the lawyer who's also a tango dancer, uh, he, um, he he worked very hard on it. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, he uh, he still there's, he he wrote on Facebook or something that it's, it's still a very big fight, that we're not there yet to get... A real freedom into these these spaces, yeah, and the economics all, and, the, yeah. and the and the economics just don't make it possible because it's who can who can do this you know who can who can spare space for dancers yeah. for God's sakes we got to get these many pot pies rinse. out of the kitchen or whatever steaks on the table as possible you know 
<laughs> so, so after I qu quit my, my, uh, my first gig, I was back in business here in a strange way. And, and then I just had ideas like, you know, that was a trouble, you know, and that's why Gerald said, you know, put a tape over her mouth because it cost me time and money every time she says something. So, and then he responds because he was, he was also in, ignited by ideas. He loved so who, ideas. let's just, for people listening, who is this guy, Gerald Wagner? Gerald Wagner. I have no idea. Yeah, he was one of the early folks in the tango scene. And he was mad about tango, dedicated to tango, dedicated to his teachers. Uh, he, he was promoting here, I see, uh, Fabian Bongar's uh, classes for only men, you know, on, on leading. And Which doing, I also saw as, like, for that era... 1996, it says here she's doing a men's only class. That's yeah, it's pretty ahead of its time. What amused me is when I was at Dance New York in what 97, 98, something like that. Uh, I did some funny things. Like I had the idea to have breaks. You know, we had breaks, and my break was to somebody told me about their wonderful uh, belly dance teacher. So I said. Oh, God, let's get her up here. She's so great. Let's do a belly dance thing. And then I was berated by a couple of the guys, you know. How dare you waste my tango time with this? And I was so upset because I'd worked so hard on that dance. I mean, I worked so hard to get that evening going, to, you know, get every all the bits. And, I, I you know, you had to schlep all the food and you had to set everything. I mean, it was massive amounts of work, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I went over to him and I said, I just want you to know something. I think you're absolutely right. How dare I? You know, you've told me many times that I've created the most wonderful year of dancing for you. How dare I ruin one of your 20 minutes? You know, I said, I think I shall jump out the window. I was just on a crazy, insane, nutty night. I said, I will jump out the window now and commit suicide because I did this terrible things to you, think to you. Actually, at the next dance at Dance Manhattan, he apologized. Of course. It's very unusual. I mean, not too many apologies, you know. But he, he did apologize, you know, because... Everybody, about 80 people said how wonderful it was. They thought it was just, just a kick to have this other thing happen. And then later on, I noticed that there were belly dancers and all these things were going on at various milongas, and I was kind of amused, you know, because I got berated. How dare you, Lucille, muck up our evening with this silliness, you know. And then I had Armenian thing with Maida Zanaboni. I, you know, I was doing different things. Mm. And she's one of our great dancers. And I thought, oh, she's an Armenian folk dancer. Why not have her do something, you know. I was very interested in, 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 in more than, just as you seem to be, more than just the dancer's life. But I was interested also in what were these people like. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my best ideas wasn't used. <laughs> and I, I, I love Carlos Quiroga, but I, I thought my best idea was for his magazine. I thought it would sell or be given away or read like crazy, was to go to, I wanted to go to 15 dancers and have 15 tiny bios, not identified, and 15 photographs, and you had to put them together. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, amazing people. Robin, if you talk to Robin about his life, mm -hmm. it's extraordinary what he did. But now on Facebook, people know so much. Sure, it's a little less it's, mis it's, it's, like, it's, uh, no, mysterious it, now. Yeah. And then there's the people that don't want to, they don't want that part of the reason they're in this thing is because it gives them a, a social um, outlet but it's still personal. Yeah, you know? and I think and I think this respected that. These were people that were very, you know, I wasn't twisting any arms. They loved no, the yeah. idea. They loved the idea of talking about it. And I thought a page like that, two pages like that in that magazine, would have just 
it would have been just a killer two pages. But he wanted to break them up in groups, and I said, no, it has to be all together because a killer in the courtroom. It was um, um, uh, Jennifer Schaefer, uh, who was just a very a killer in the courtroom, and she's this like beautiful blonde uh, tango dancer that you know that men would of course be attracted to. And I just thought these kind of unlikely, and it was with Daniela. Daniela, I, you know, nobody knew that she had been a professor at MIT. You know, this cute little tango dancer mm-hmm. was a professor. You know, I thought these stories, and Robin's story is so amazing. And, um, oh, God, this wonderful, wonderful guy. I won't think of his name right now. He's so fantastic. I have pictures of him. And Anyway, he's not dancing now, uh, some physical problems, but he, he was so wonderful. He'd been a monk. Wow. He was a, <laughs> he came out of a Jewish father and a, and a, and a uh, Protestant mother, and he'd gone to progressive schools, and he was kind of becoming an oddball politically because he, he didn't like being put in these all these progressive schools and everything and being mm-hmm. the only... I think he was put in a black school and he was the only white kid or something. He wanted to integrate. But anyway, he was just wonderful. But he, had, he, was, in a, he was a monk. He was, I think, a clam fisherman. You know, just these wonderful stories yeah, about these people. Yeah, I mean, people. there's some fascinating people in tango. I mean, in, in anything, but I've... And yeah, I've been amazed by some of the. I met like a guy in Maine who builds barns. Yeah, just one. <laughs> I think I think like the, the diversity stuff. is just mm-hmm. so splendid. I did do something that was kind of fun years ago. I I think it's still going, but I don't pay any attention to it for a number of years because you sort of tire of it. But uh, there was two tango lists came out of MIT. Some guy had started these lists. One was announcements about tango, and one was discussion. And the discussions were intense. Yeah, I well, mean, intense. Are. You know, how you put your foot down, where the, the toe goes, whether the and the massive. And the, I missed some of the best, which were on sexual behavior on the t- And I, I didn't get somebody was telling me, that, did you see those? I said, oh no, I missed all those postings about sexual behavior. There's Tango A and Tango L. Yeah, them. Tango A and Tango I, L. I also didn't get involved. Like I, like and same thing with the Facebook thing now because. It's funny because you can put a post up about Trump or about something and you don't get much feedback, but you say one thing about Tango and it'll go for hours on your, <laughs> yeah. on your thread. It's crazy. People are very passionate about I think that's wonderful. Opinions. Yeah, that's... Well, that's, it just it keeps it alive. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, well, I said Tango was kind of like there's a Jewish joke that if with, with two Jews arguing there's three opinions or something and I feel with Tango it's like the same thing. Like, Tango dancers have so many opinions, yeah. you know. It's hard to keep up with all the opinions, and they're also marvelously contradictory, you know. Yeah. And they really, I, I, I also reacted once. This is many, who knows how long ago, fifteen years ago, I reacted to a a, a letter on Tango L. The discussion mm-hmm. was that it. Yeah, I think so. I reacted to this letter that said, Tango, the tangoers are introverts. Are they introverts and engineers or something? Anyway, I was found it so fascinating to view the tango dancers in this way. So I, I wrote a, a very good reply saying, tango dancers are extroverts, tangos are dancers are introverts. And then I listed all the people and I knew what they did. And it was a very good letter of, I love tango because there are tangos who are this, there are tangos who are that. And I went on from housewives, taxi drivers, surgeons, uh, and then I said, more therapists than you can count. You know, every kind of therapist and all the kinds of computer people. I went on with every conceivable kind of thing. And they were beyond even that. I could have added things like clam fishermen, you know, taxi drivers, whatever. 
And uh, one, wrote, one organizer in Florida wrote me, she says, I've made a copy of this. She says, I'm framing it. She loved it. <laughs> you know, I had some funny correspondence about uh, um, uh, my idea of hit and run tango because there was a hit and run tango in San Francisco and I wrote the guy online on one of those things. I said, do you know where that idea came from? He says, well, no, I thought it was like rave, like rave dancing. Like like just showing up in a club or yeah. whatever like that. So I said, it's interesting. I said, well, I came up with the idea. He said, do you mind me using it? I said, I love you using it. I love the fact that it spreads yeah. somehow. You don't know where it came from, but I happen to know where it came from because I wonder if people made wonderful comments. Uh, you mean like um, I can hit and, hit and run, you know, drive by shooting and drive by tango. And I got all these kind of wonderful responses about the idea, you know. They, mm -hmm. And then I, we had wonderful experiences, you know, going on Staten Island Ferry with a bunch of people, and then uh, the guy comes over, one of the people in charge of the ferry, says, do you have a permit? And um, the guy uh, with me says, oh, we don't need a permit. We're uh, hit and run tango. He said, oh, and he le just left us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> well, it was really, you know, and, you know. So, you Were know, you the one that incorporated that into the festival? The yes. Staten Island Ferry? Okay. Yeah, because it was I, I designed the festival, so I right. did. I had, well, I mean, I came in late, so I just I know when I came in, it was happening on the ferry. I just didn't know if yeah, yeah, that was yeah. your thing. It was really a funny thing, though. Oh, we don't need a permit. We're hit. oh, that explains it all. Of course, proceed. You know, <laughs> it's very it was very cute. You know, so I my idea for the festival really was. Uh, while it was well meant, it was really sort of very limited because I wanted people to come and see what we had in New York. I wanted the New York teachers. But of course that limits you because all the New York people then don't bother to come because they can go to see those people 10,000 other places. Well, I kind of mentioned this to you like 10 years ago. I had the same idea. And then I spoke, I saw Gail, Tioma and Gail. Yeah. Of Tioma and Gail or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. He's your own person. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we were just chatting the other night at La Nacional about the same concept, like a festival in New York by New York. But then we also thought, well, is anybody from New York going to Well, from my experience, very limited. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did the first, uh, what happened is I also ended up doing the first major, enormously amazing. I did, well, one of the most important things I did in terms of big events was the millennium. Millennium, what's, that's the New Year's event. The new, 1999. 2000, yeah, 1999. <laughs> and that happened because... Rebecca and Brigida decided they didn't want to do a dance, and they turned the place over to me. They said, would you like to? And of course, nobody had spaces like that. Where can you do anything like that? So I, I did, and then um, then I called um, Coco because I said, what do, you, what do you think's going on? He says, well, I was going to do this on Nacional. He says, but, uh, we, uh, but uh, I think we'd both rather come in with you and do it at Dance Manhattan. So... Uh, they came in, and we had this very extraordinary night. And um, uh, Gayatri Martin was a memorable uh, baby mm. of the new year. And her, her partner at that time was uh, Father Time. He was all dressed in, I think, beards and white things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, was very, it was just a funny bit, you know. Yeah. And the whole thing was an extraordinary. Uh, and I was so glad that I stood up to all these men which I don't always do, even though it's, I seem to be very noisy and strong. It's not always the case. It's not always what you see, you know. So I came up with an idea. I said, we've got to have 
a uh, light up your light yourself up party, uh, light up yourself contest, because uh, the world was supposed to go dark that night. Yeah. You know, the computer, everything was gonna Two go. KO or whatever. Yeah. I forget what they called it. Yeah. So we did have a. They thought it was a terrible idea, but my idea, I persisted. Light up your, I think, light up your hat or something. Light up your head. I don't know what it called it. And we got in time out. We had sixty or eighty people come because of that, because of my idea, which they they liked it. Time out, you know. Yeah. So we had this massive class, eighty people wow. showed. Oh, it was it was on. We had a we. It, it was like a, people were coming in like uh, it was it was unreal. It was really unreal. It was it was like a stampede, and uh, it was very difficult. But it was it turned out to be extraordinary. And of course, all the, the newbies left. You know, a few of them hung in there because they were fascinated. One guy had brought a beautiful hat that he'd made with little holes with lights coming out, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, so they came to this class because of the uh, idea of lighting up their... No, no, they came to the class because they read about the dance uh, they could get to for 60 bucks or whatever we charged uh, in Time Out Magazine. Which but you was, were noticed by Time Out Magazine because of the colander. The Time Out Magazine, but we were in the colander. This always, you know, the whole night was explained. To food and this and that, my God, and dancing and tango and a lesson. You know, like everybody else that hears about it, mm -hmm. uh, any time that's going on here, you get a French fresh blood coming in. You know, yeah. you can pack the place with some fresh blood and make some money. So I brought in a lot of money with that idea. I really did. I was proud of myself. I did it. I stood up and I said, no, no, it's a great idea. They thought it was foolish. <laughs> I thought it was a wonderful idea. Yeah. And, and we had a cute, we had some cute little contestants, you know. And I don't know what we gave as a prize. I have the foggiest notion. But it was it was a brilliant success. We I I had the whole place redecorated, like a Looney Tune. I did the entire lobby, of dance yeah. Did the entire lobby it looked like Macambo or something, 1950. I draped straight. The whole uh, thing was striped. The whole whole place was striped, cheap, white and black uh, plastic tablecloth. You know, material that you you buy by the bolt. You know. Uh -huh. From, um, like you're rolling it out or something? Like, well, from, uh, from um, Party City. They have all these rolls, and I guess I got a roll of black, a roll of white, and we had this, and decorated the whole thing and the whole place inside. And I think, I don't know if it was that year, but I, then I decorated the elevators, which I thought was the best idea, hanging the elevators with uh, balloons and paper from mm -hmm. the ceiling. So you walk into a kind of a, quaint, a great environment. So this, you know, so I use this because of, I come from an art background and I'm interested in, uh, in visual things. Right. So long. you got into tango and, well, you saw tango in the 86, 85, 86. You got started in 94. Started working, organizing in 97. But you moved here in 69. Yeah. What from was LA. I, yeah, what was I doing with my life, huh? I'm curious. <laughs> you were in the arts. You were in humanities. Yeah. Well, if my pa my background is uh, fine arts, and then I uh, taught in L.A. in very crazy places. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I, I took a class in you know in art education. I paid the money, and I took a class at a college, and uh, I dropped out the next day because I mean I couldn't stand that kind of rigidity in teaching. I, was not my ability. Rigidity in teaching something creative? Yeah, this was a, how to teach art. I didn't, when I found out how they thought it should be done, I right. couldn't, I couldn't abide it and I couldn't stand the rigidity and the, 
and I just dropped out. It just had no meaning for me. And so I ended up in museums and stuff and interesting places in the ghetto and in schools for visual, for uh, brain damage and, 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 and a progressive library where I headed the art, art I was the art department of a progressive li a public library. <laughs> just what, 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 I just did all this. I, did, I was going, I was an itinerant teacher. I packed up my car with stuff and then went to these different places. I just kept getting hired in different oddball places, and uh, it was fun, you know. And these, how are you getting hired here? Are you calling them? I mean, back this is... No, I just got, I'm just people would come to my class. I was at the Pasadena Art Museum. Okay. And then they'd come there, and they'd say, we need you to come down to such and such a place, or would you come down to so-and-so, or would you do this? Hmm. So I would go, you know, and end up in these different places. So I was teaching, you know, every day a different outfit, you hmm. know. But they built a whole whole department for me to school for for gifted kids, and that was really wild. Where all the kids were smarter than I was. <laughs> How long did that last? Oh, it went on a few years. I don't know. And this is the, all before you moved here. Yeah, that was my previous life. And then in New York, I did other things like work for an, uh, art, an arts funding organization. I just got to drive around the state, giving people ideas of what they could do in their community to get support for whatever they cared about whether it was adaptive use of an important old building that was going to get destroyed or whether it was developing a poetry idea or something like that. So I would go there and round the people up in meetings. You know, I'd be invited and, and then we'd give them some grants, some seed money to start some programs. Then I ran it. Uh, my sister and I had an uh, interesting business of doing really quite creative um, jewelry and accessories. And then I ended up tangled. So some of it concurrently, but most of it just I got into tango. And of course, then they're just, they're bowled over by this magnificent thing that's just going on. Yeah. And I guess that's when, I don't know who he danced with at the time or whether he was alone, but Fran can tell you because he was there at, the, uh, at, at this wonderful moment with this guy showing up. Who's this guy, you know? And of course, he'd been very badly injured, you know, and that he could no longer do his modern dance. And he, he discovered that he could, but he did tango. And he became tango, yeah. absolutely fascinated with tango. And he did the whole bridge to the tango series. And oh, yeah. What he's done to preserve the history is amazing. Yeah. And then uh, I think that uh, people have carried on here so nobly. And um, I, I, did a little, I did a little show at the, my public library about, li about tango because I put some of my drawings there. Because they were opening. My, I have a wonderful public library, the Tompkins Square Public Library, with a great staff, finally. And these people are very alive to what's going on and who's got something to share in the community. So I did this little thing, and um, I'm trying to think what I what I wrote that that made me think of this. But uh, I really I I I will show you that picture, and I'll I'll maybe even get you a copy of it because it was kind of a fun thing talking a little bit about our community, so that the larger world would know what. What, we, what goes on and the kind of people that are involved. And I actually wrote a little bit about all the people uh, in a little piece that I'm afraid wasn't too visible there at the library, but just I asked each person what they did. And I mean, just in that seven people that were visible in my photographs that I found from just things I've done uh, in the East Village and near here. Mm -hmm. So to kind of keep it about this community and stuff. And um, designers, uh, filmmaker, translator, French translator, I mean, just on and on, just all yeah. really rich. And of course, what I also like is people that are totally amazing, like truck drivers who 
you know, one of my best friends in this whole thing is a truck driver and a, a brilliant, wonderful guy. And I just love the fact that there's this richness and, um, and diversity and, and like, yeah, and diversity. And he knows more about the tango and sees more and understands more than probably half the sophisticated people in the universe. And he is sophisticated in that sense, really. You know, but, but totally unpretentious guy. You wouldn't think, oh my God, that guy. He's totally informed, totally, totally aware, totally sensitive to everything, the music. And he's a guy that won't dance to all of it. You know, <laughs> very particular. And I love all these particular people. I'm not like that. I mean, I, there's some things I'm not interested in, but I'm not like that. I mean, I find everything's quite interesting, you know, in the tango. I, I like... Uh, I like a lot of things that I think other tango dancers wouldn't care for, you know. Well, I think you're more creative, open-minded about, you're looking at tango through a creative lens than some people look at it with, uh, well, I don't want to use the word traditional, but it, ten it tends to imply pretty, Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like, I think that Rebecca did very courageous and adventurous things. She just went ahead with her own uh, programs at Dance Manhattan, mm -hmm. and I loved one, one, her dance that I think... Uh, um, when this guy asked me to dance, it was uh, with, uh, the Bolero, you know, Ravel's Bolero. So we, uh, Bolero, uh, Bolero was what you, uh, Ravel's Bolero. And it's a 20, I mean, 27 minute piece. Whoa. And she played the whole thing at this uh, New Year's dance. And I danced, I mean, the whole time we danced tango to it, it was marvelous, you know. Right. But I'm sure other people would sneer at that, what a terrible travesty, you know. How dare you, how dare you have this dance to Ravel? You know, so I thought I thought these were all kicks. This doesn't mean that I want all my tango like that. But, right, but, but this means that I think it's wonderful that people try things. Yeah, me too. I think that she's definitely somebody that has brought a lot of creative ideas. Yeah. This uh, Tango Mujer was an amazing project. Yes, yes. Also, for its time, I think. Yeah, I even mentioned that in my little blurb at the library that because uh, she's in our community, you know, <laughs> she lives a block from me, and. Um, that uh, that these women were so courageous, and I know that what the comments were behind their back. Oh, oh yeah. my God, you know, they were just—it was fascinating. I heard the gossip all the time what these women were, and that, you know. So, uh, but I thought the first one I thought was just very extraordinary. Very, I thought uh, Valeria's uh, ideas really enchanted me. She did she did some pretty interesting, unusual things, and they they really excited me, you know, and. Um, so it was hard to keep something like that going for very long, but they did. A, they yeah. had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved, I loved Gerald Wagner's story because he was crazy about the group, and he went to Berlin to see the perform there, and he went to a milonga, and a woman danced with him, and he said she was a magnificent dancer. And she said, do you know uh, where I first learned to dance tango? And he said, no. He says, Central Park, you helped me. Whoa. That was, you know, that was in those... You know. And that's when tango wasn't such a small world. Like now, you bump into people in Berlin and Paris and New York, and you see them. But back then, people didn't get around so much through tango. I think. It yeah, it's a, more rare to. And like the funny thing coming out of uh, Parc Monceau in uh, Monceau, rather in in Paris, this exquisite, elegant park in this elegant section of Paris, and this park is just beautiful and it's very very quiet and it's during the day and there's not very many people and I go out into the streets right near it and I'm hearing somebody scream Esperalda Esperalda and it was a couple from Holland and he said I'm so excited you know I my and his wife said you know he's always carrying on that he never meets anybody he knows in Paris 
and he got so excited. He says, I couldn't believe you were here. And, <laughs> and that was another case of Esmeralda, Esmeralda. <laughs> and he was so excited, excited to, uh, to find, a, find anybody, but he thought it was kind of fun because he had learned to dance tango at one of my milongas. <laughs> and he was, he was, you know, in Holland. He still writes on my Facebook, which is so funny because I have absolutely no contact for, like, 10 years or 15 years seeing him and yet I always see likes, likes, likes from this, you know I should write on his, I never thought about that <laughs> yeah, why not? I forgot, I forgot to look some of these people up, you know if, you know, you get so carried away with the next issue, the next person the next comment, the next one you have well, to Well you're write. also involved in a lot of things outside of Tango again, like yeah, I community am. stuff I am more interested right now But it seems like that's been like kind of the the what is, how do I put it? The thing that's connected you throughout is like you're always in some sort of community. I do, yeah. I do find that's really important, you know. Uh, that's good. I mean, that I for, too, I for people it's... to get along and to find some ways in which they have really a common ground. Now, I must say that a few times when I opened my mouth politically, well, it did affect me. I didn't, you know, I, because my opinions are very different than most, a lot, a lot of people. Not yeah, gay. But being not gay. Being a part of community is being, you know, open to discussion and debate. And, you know, and we can't just because we're part of a community doesn't mean we necessarily fit in. Yeah, the people that I care about, that uh, I care about very much, who disagree, you know, feel very differently politically, but uh, I have enormous regard for them. Yeah. But I have enormous regard for Gail. I'll tell you. Because I think, and she's somebody that does very well all of all, all these things, because it's very hard to do many things. When I was in, so involved with tango, it was really impossible for me to then give a lot of my life to something else. Mm -hmm. I really must say it was a commitment to this community, and and a few times that I I tried to organize a ta a, a a group to get to join in the uh, the, uh, the the demonstration against entering the war in Iraq. And I tried to do that. I I tried to do that on the tango, um, our New York tango list. And uh, I was told, you know, don't I, mix, don't mix tango and politics. No, so I couldn't. But I did. I did. You know, I. But I. We only had about like fifteen people join because the people are pretty apathetic. Yeah. The tango. The tango represents the larger community very much. It's a microcosm of a very large world that we're in mm -hmm. and uh, to get everybody excited about something that's really powerful is not so easy well some people come to tango to get away from that so they don't want to have it in their face yeah well I, you know i'm not too interested in those people they don't have to read my stuff or read the anything on that facebook you know and i'm not i'm not i never touted it in my, i never got political in my in my uh, community because uh it's, it's business i was doing a, a little funny business such as it was it was a business, and you just can't. I mean, when I was selling jewelry, I didn't uh, tell them how yeah. I felt about uh, discrimination or something. You well, know? I told you about how I did a, a tango fundraiser for Obama, but I did it at Nocturne, which is a huge milonga. I, Robin asked me to host his milonga back in, what is it, 2008, and I turned it into a fundraiser for Obama's campaign. <laughs> And that was the last time he ever had me host an event for him. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but I see the point now, looking back. You see, what I did, you though, know, I, I did invent, uh, wasted my energy, time, and money on an event for John Kerry, the jerk, 
mean, he's afraid. You know, it's a fake. But I didn't know. I thought he was the real deal. Mm-hmm. We're always falling for these guys, you know. And he was so, he'd spoken so brilliantly before the uh, Senate when he came back from the war. So anti-war. So I'll do a little bit. So I did it on a Sunday afternoon at Il Campanello. I didn't bother anybody's Milonga. Nobody had to come. I invited people that were interested. They came. It was a big success. I had the billionaires for Bush perform. <laughs> George uh, Gerald Wagner played his ukulele and sang a funny song. I had some uh, some uh, some um, kind of award-winning uh, swing dancers come and dance. You know, I had all kinds of stuff and uh, mostly a tango crowd, but it was really great. But I didn't. I wasn't interfering with anybody. I wasn't anybody's. I didn't do anything to anybody. Nobody had to come if they didn't right. want to. Yeah. But the one time uh, <laughs> when I decided that we had to get rid of one really horrible human being, and I wrote people that I thought. My care, I picked and chose. Well, this one woman wrote me. She says, oh, "You got the wrong person." She says, "I'm on. I'm, I'm, I'm just the opposite, or something like that." And she says, um, and then next letter she wrote me. She says, "But I love you anyway." Well, I thought that was very precious. Was you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's again like we need to come together and realize our differences, but not let them separate us, because we're not all the same, and that's totally normal. That's fine. <laughs> Do we have anything else? Any other history to wrap up? I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I am. I haven't done any damage lately. Yeah. Well, I am doing anything. Well, yes, actually, I ended up being five years in the uh, garden here. Oh and, yes, Stuyvesant Park. Yeah, I forgot about that. Are you going to do that again next year? I think they'll want me. I thought it was over. Did you say the woman who? Yes, she was away? the woman who invited who who came to Miami longest for a year. She decided that maybe I would be safe in her beautiful garden. But she was really wonderful, and she loved the tango, and she loved the garden. She'd been the president for 15, 20 years, and so she invited me there. And it was a hard, it's a hard uh, situation because I'm up against the most beautiful spot in the universe now, which is um, the, uh, on the Hudson, you know, tango on. Oh, the Volvo thing? Yeah, Volvo, yeah. I mean, that is so gorgeous, you know. Who can compete? It is nice. But I still had a, you know, I had, I remember a wonderful uh, time uh, when uh, someone by the name of Adam Hoopengardner came. Oh, yeah, that was a, he's a nice dancer. Yeah. So you might do that again. You're going to find out. The woman yeah. was in charge. She passed I want to, yeah, yeah, she died uh, in about, after a month of learning that she had pancreatic cancer. Yeah, that hit too fast. I very heard. fast, super yeah. fast. And, uh, but she was very interesting. She did quite wonderful artwork, and uh, she had, uh, she did quite a job with the garden, and I was amazed because I was told by the woman who was replacing her that I didn't think she'd be interested, but she said, she said I said, should I announce that this is the last? She said, oh, don't say that. We don't know yet. <laughs> so it's very cute. So if it goes ahead, I will work with someone else, so I don't want to do it all by myself. Yeah, all right. Well, it's a lot of work. Good. So you're still in the game? <laughs> Semi. <laughs> peeking my toe in. But now with getting hit by the, the, the delivery cycles, everybody who wants to tango dance, look right and left all the time, watch every, turn your head around constantly. Do not get hit by a delivery guy or anybody. Don't get hit. Yeah. That's my advice. Don't that's get hit. That's so you can. a while. Oh yeah, it's a year. Because when a I year. spoke with you in August, you were already. Oh, it's very, it's, it's bad. I'm still dealing with it. I can't, I can, can't stand on one leg. I could never dance. I forgot and uh, uh, had Rebecca one time, many times, but one time, and she, she said, would you come help me with, the, you know, would you partner just to show them this thing? I said, yes, forgetting that I can't do anything. I went out there and I just couldn't even raise my, when I put my leg over and stood on my, 
I said, I'm sorry. I, I can't. Hmm. Just a, it's very bad right now. Jeez. Hoping to get better. But you're doing physical therapy and all that stuff. So. Yeah, exercises and stuff, you know. So I'm really lucky because in the house I'm okay. I can do things, you know. Those stairs are a bitch. Yeah, so they keep me healthy, though. It's like a Stairmaster without the, the cost. Yeah. They're really, aren't they, those outside the first stairs? first ones, are, yeah, the outside They're ones unbelievable. are steep as Unbelievable. Hell. Oh, my God. And then I carry groceries up, you know, because I eat fresh stuff and organic. I only eat organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those, just, yeah, I noticed that today when I was coming in. I was like, man, you got some steep stairs. And so don't get hit by a delivery guy and eat organic. All right. <laughs> for happy dancing until you die. All right, well, that's great. I'm sure we can follow up again in six months. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Gail. Thank you, Gail. <laughs> Thank you, Esmeralda. <laughs> Thank you, Tioma. <laughs> right. Uh, are you still there? Hello? Yes, that was it. That was the show. That was my first sit-down with somebody having a microphone. Actually, I'm lying. That was the second time. I actually sat with Lucille in August, and we went on for about three hours. Um, I listened to that several times and decided we needed to we needed to take it down a notch. Um, so yeah, you could see that I'm still you know getting used to this thing. Um, but I think overall it was a great uh, history and look back over New York over the years. There's a lot of names mentioned, probably people you've never heard of. Some people listening may have heard of them, but these are people that have um, a lot of them have passed. Some of them can't dance anymore simply because of you know, their age and their physical limitations but they were all very instrumental in helping grow the community that we now have um it was really a grassroots thing this tango thing it seems now that you know there's events and there's things happening all the time it's it's very well established but um it's important to remember that that uh these things are fragile and they take a lot of support and energy and commitment so keep dancing i will be back with more ramblings on tuesday i hope you enjoy the show again if you like the show please subscribe please like please click something i don't know <laughs> thanks again and i'll see you at a milonga i'll talk to you or i'll talk at you next tuesday take care